Morning, everyone. Morning. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. <laughs> like I'm genuinely in pain. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Um, we're in the we're in the book of Colossians at the moment. Uh, we're in we're in chapter three of four, so we're coming to the end of the series. Uh, but quick background: if you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, so I don't really have a, a good intro. That was actually my intro. <laughs> <coughs> uh, so okay, a, a little bit of background and and very briefly, because everyone has done background before me. But it's a letter from Paul written to the church in Colossae or Colossi. Um, <laughs> and it was a specific letter written to a specific people at a time. And so there's some cultural um, things that we have to take into you know, consideration when we're reading it. But as Nate said in the first week, the, the Holy Spirit can reveal stuff to us through His Word, right? And um, although the things might look different now, the problems just present in different ways, but it's still a lot of the same problems that Paul was writing about. Up along the way, because... There's so much good stuff in it that we might just, we're just going to pull it out as we walk past it and then we'll finish at the end. Good. All right. So if you've got your Bibles, feel free to grab them out so you can follow along. The words are going to be on the screen. But we're going to start uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at a place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, or in the NLT it says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your new life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then also you will appear in Him in glory. So the symbolism of uh, death is used all through the New Testament. We see it quite a bit. And it's quite a powerful um, Symbolism, right? Because in an earthly sense, death is the end. It's finite. There's nothing after death. Now, we know that in our faith in Jesus, that after death, there is a life for us. But to everyone else, death, there's nothing past death. So death is quite a, a strong term. And it, and it helps to put a measure on the seriousness of our commitment to Jesus. But it also um, shows the weight of the new start we have in Jesus. What was is put to death. Our old self, whatever that looked like, is gone, finished, done. We are new in Christ. And so Paul in these first couple of verses is, is pointing us to what's important and he's helping to frame the rest of the book in part of what Sarah said last week. It's Jesus plus nothing that makes us alive in Christ, right? It's not... It's not a ritual or it's not aesthetic rituals, but a relationship with Jesus. And so Paul says, fix your things on the thing, fix your eyes on the things above on heaven. Don't look back at what was and on the earth, but fix your eyes on what is coming and where you are now. Paul is saying, you've been died and you are raised again. Stop looking down at who you were. Start looking instead at where you're going. Fix your eyes on heaven. We keep reading in, in verse 5, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, 
evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. So Paul starts to list some of the things here that tie us to our earthly nature, the things that we would relate to the, the desires of the flesh. Now, for some people, the things in this list may be really very relevant or very relatable, and for some people, they may not be relatable, but they're all relevant to us, right? Because life ebbs and flows, and sometimes things are, are relatable to us, and sometimes they're not, and vice versa. Sometimes everything on that list may be a problem we're dealing with. And so it's important to remember that although it may not reflect our current situation, it is something that Paul attributes to earthly nature. So it is relevant to us. He highlights the things that we are to leave behind. And the list is not exhaustive. It's not everything, but it certainly is inclusive of those things. It's important to remember that they're relevant to us. Verse 7, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Now, for me, this list is certainly more relatable, right? Because these things can easily slip into our lives without us ever realizing and taking a, a account of it. They can start really small, and they can turn into really big, consuming feelings. I have to admit that sometimes I get angry. Now, it's not because I'm an angry person, but it's often because I have emotions. Ah, Dad's laughing at me. I don't know why. I'm not an angry person, but it's, it's misguided emotion, right? You know, it's, it's frustration that bubbles up in an outburst. It's, it's sadness. I know for a lot of guys, right, that's a big thing. We, we're not good at showing our emotions sometimes, and, and what comes out as anger can actually be a feeling of sadness. These things... Uh, <laughs> These things are really easy to slip into our life, and it's a very relatable list. We need to leave it behind. We need to put these things to death. Just like the list before, they're all relevant. Verse 9, do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of our Creator. I love that verse, renewed in the knowledge of the image of our Creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. I love those verses because it's a reminder that we are being renewed, an adjective we're continually changing and, and learning, and through learning we make mistakes. Sometimes we can slip back into that old life. And that's why Paul's trying to remind us here that it's, it's a death to the old life. Cut it out. Push it away. It's done. It's finished. Lessons are learned through decisions that we make and sometimes regret. And it's important that we don't make those mistakes a second time, right? That's how, that's how learning works. <clears throat> Mom always used to say that you'll learn the hard way, Jacob. Now... That sounds like a threat, if you ask me. And I was thinking about this this morning. Mum always says I pick on them when they're here. It was unrelated. I didn't, the fact that you're here, I would have said the same thing. 
I don't remember dad saying that though. I just remember dad sort of like letting me make the mistake and learn the hard way as opposed to telling me I'd learn the hard way. So Paul, Paul closes this thought by reiterating that we're all equal. We have all gone through this same renewing process with God. Jesus plus nothing, we've all died to our old ways. And so now we are all exactly the same in Christ. doesn't matter who we were or what we did or where we came from. When we're in a relationship with Jesus, we're equal. We're all equal. Christ is all and is in all. So we fix our eyes on, on the kingdom of heaven where this is a reality, where we're all equal to one another. We're not looking behind, we're looking ahead and up. Verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a, has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So Paul's given us a list of the things that tie us to our earthly nature, things we are to put to death, and he's replacing them with a list of the things that would now replace that. He's asking us to become how we will become in heaven. These Things are, the old self is gone and these new attributes, attributes replace them. And like Nate said in the first couple of weeks, when we're planted in God, we produce good fruit. And these things are fruits of the Spirit, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And can I tell you that when you're leaning into the Word and when you're fixing your eyes on heaven, these things come quite naturally, actually. It, it's not a hard slog to to seek out these things when we're actively renewing our minds in the knowledge of our Creator, when we're focused on the things above and not on the things of earth. 15, verse 15, sorry. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as a member of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, and as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through the Psalms, hymns and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So Paul's challenge to us as people living in relationship with Jesus is to live as we will become in heaven, putting aside the things of earth and focusing on what's above. Let the peace of Christ Rule in your heart. That's quite a powerful statement, right? Let Christ dwell in your heart. Let Him steer your life. Something that we can easily sit on a Sunday and say, yeah, that's a great idea. And then as soon as Christ wants to steer you in a direction you're not willing to go in, how easy is it to be like, actually, hold, hold up a minute. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Have community with one another. We have such a strong faith community here at Revolution Church, right? Not just a strong faith, but also a strong community of people. 
whenever someone is in need, there's always a handful, if not everyone, willing to drop everything to, to help that person. We've seen it in having our baby, you know, there was always meals at our door. There was always something at our door. And I know that we have a great Rev Care team that cares for anyone that's in need in this church. We have a great community and we have a great faith in this community. There's incredible people that are willing to pray over anything and will pray relentlessly for you. It's good. Have community together. Teach one another and admonish one another. Keep each other in line. If you see someone in our faith community looking at the things of earth, tilt their head up. Point them towards heaven, right? Keep each other in check as we do life together. Sing with one another. We sing pretty well, let's be honest. Every Sunday sounds good. I don't sound quite as good up here, but we all sound great. But whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. Whatever this community looks like, we're going to do it in the name of the Lord, right? Now, these last handful of verses can be quite controversial. And there's a lot more to unpack in this than what we really have time for this morning. I think that made it worse. I'm really sorry. So, the the guys at the Bible Project really sum this up much better than I ever could have. And so I am blatantly plagiarizing their words, but I'm being upfront about it. Is that all right? It's a reference. What's that book, The Art of Stealing? I haven't read it, but I'm sure that's one of the things. Be upfront about it. So we're going to read these verses then. We'll unpack it real quick. Verse 18, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their their eye is on you to curry favor, but with sincerity of your heart, reverence for the Lord, and reverence for the Lord. Sorry. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as you are working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, this is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. So there's a lot to unpack in those verses, but To summarize, Paul is highlighting what this new humanity, what what a people focused on the things above might look like. And he's using the the institute of the, the Roman household, something that every household had where the man would be the head of the house. It's quite an old school thought and it's one that I think is carried out of Roman society and into today's society, right? The man's the head of the house. But but back then it was to it was like a full dictatorship. The man had, you know, reign over the life and death of his wife and children, and, and he was in charge. The patriarch had control over the family. But in this new life Paul's talking about, he's saying, actually, Jesus is the head of your household. You all come 
under him. And it's a household where wives allow their husbands to become responsible for them. And husbands commit to loving their wives and placing their well-being above their own. Children are called to respect their parents. And parents are called to raise their children with patience and understanding. Now, I don't think waking your parents up at 3 o'clock in the morning is respecting your children. And so I think Eve needs to be renewed in the knowledge of her creator. (laughs) But we'll get there. Fix your eyes on heaven. I had to put it, it's my first Father's Day. I can put these jokes in there now. Really, it was a good one. (laughs) Fix your eyes on heaven. There's a a 16th century Anglican theologian. You didn't think it was going to get that deep at the end of the sermon. Richard Sibbs. Has anyone ever heard of him before? Sibbs. (laughs) They called him the... uh, Never mind. (laughs) 16th century Anglican theologian. By all accounts, a, a pretty good dude. To the point where this was what was said about him when he died. Let it be known of this blessed man that heaven was in him before he was in heaven. What a, what a cool sentiment to have over your life, right? What, what, a, what a legacy to leave behind that you lived your life with heaven in you. He was focused on the things above, not on the things of earth, and that's how he carried out his life. I'd love to think that someone will say that about me when I die, maybe write a book about it. (laughs) Colossians chapter 3 is a guide to what living in relationship with Jesus looks like. When we fix our eyes on heaven, and we put to death the things of this earth, and we embrace the things above, a reminder that we're renewed daily in the knowledge of our Creator. A renewing that will come naturally by living in a relationship, but can actually be even deeper when we're actively going after it, right? When we're reading the Word every day to see what the Lord is revealing to us, when we're seeking out that knowledge, when, when we're praying intentionally to hear from God, when we're living in community with one another, when we're keeping each other in check, that's when we have a deeper, renewed knowledge of Christ. If we're committed to being alive in Christ, we must fix our eyes on the things above and forget what we've left behind. I don't have a really good way to end this, so we're just going to sing again, because that's what it tells us to do, right? And it's Father's Day and the roast is in the oven. So we're going to sing again, and we're going to sing with gratitude in our hearts. We're going to do whatever we do in the name of the Lord. And we're going to sing this song again that is, it's powerful, right? I don't know if you guys are listening to the words, but Jesus over everything in our life, over sin, over sickness, over anxiety, over death. They're powerful words when we're encouraging Jesus to be a part of that, when we're inviting Jesus to be a part of that. So as we sing, I just pray that you would sing with gratitude, but listen to what you're singing. Appreciate the words and appreciate the invite that you're giving to Jesus to be a part of your life.
Let's stand and we're going to sing together now.